Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Every single time I hear that sound and that call right there from the former voice of the Raiders, Brent Musburger, I realize there's going to be a new voice of the Silver and Black coming up in 2022. Still do not know who that's going to be, but very interested to find out who it's going to be. And I'll tell you right now, from any kind of play caller, anyone who's been in the booth, I think everybody and their mother has reached out to me since Brent Musburger put out that tweet about him not returning in 2022 to ask me what I thought about the position and who I thought the Raiders were going to select as their next play-by-play voice. I have no idea. We had the great Lincoln Kennedy on the show here uh, before asking about that, and if he was interested in it, he said that's too much work. He likes where he's at at that color commentary position, which he does a fine job of. So uh, still do not have an update on who's going to be filling the captain's chair when it comes to the play-by-play call, but we do know it'll be someone new for 2022 and welcome into unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920 your boy Q I'm at the home studio had a lot going on this morning so wasn't able to make it into the to the studio studio to the Finley Cadillac performance studio but a man that has made his way to the Finley Cadillac performance studio a man that has traveled far and wide walked all around the building got on his horse literally put on his cowboy hat literally put on his chaps was at the gun range he's gone all around the country and he has returned in my best WWE UFC boxing type sound the one the only Damon Cotton returns! Thank you for the illustrious introduction, Q, and it's glad to be back in the Raider Nation Radio 920 studio. (laughs) There you go. Welcome back, young man. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> but one of the wait, my, hold on. Was my intro good enough? Oh, I said it was illustrious. Okay, I, feel like I just a wanted, star. Well, I just you know because I'm not I'm not in the I'm, like Carolina T could have probably done a better job because she's good at doing all the intros. I just wanted to see if I got my got my game down a little bit, got it together. Oh yeah, man. I'm, this that was the championship fight. I'm the <laughs> I'm the main event. I feel like I'm on top of the world right now. No, you know what? No, Bruce Buffer, you know, you're giving him a run for his money. No, I'm not. No, no. Hey, don't don't go there, man. Don't go there. Look, I've already been on Bruce's bad side once. I don't want to be on his bad side again. Uh, I don't know if I've ever told you the story, but we were at a Super Bowl one time. And you know UFC, and you know how boxing is right now. To me, UFC is way more exciting. There's a lot more uh, high-quality high, high you know, quality fights going on right now. But I still appreciate boxing, but it's just not what it was, at least when I was coming up. And, and I will say that I, I don't watch as many of the, uh, the fighters that are coming up these days in boxing. I don't watch as many as I probably should. So, anyway, one day we're at the Super Bowl, and we're talking to Bruce Buffer, and I mentioned how UFC was kind of taking over for boxing. Well, of course, his, my, his brother Michael still is the ring, the ring voice for, for boxing, you know, and so I get that. And I wasn't trying to be disrespectful, but, man, he turned on me real quick, and he was like, don't you ever say anything bad about boxing. My brother does a fine job. You know, he kind of went off. And I was like, no, I, I agree. I'm just saying that UFC is, you know, just kind of taking over right now. But, uh, yeah, he gave me the business. But we're cool now. We're cool again. 
I saw him at the at the Super Bowl on Radio Row this past year in L.A., and uh, he sat down. He even gave us a nice little drop. So, no, he's – me and Bruce are good, so don't don't throw nothing out there, man, because I don't want to get on his bad side again. It took me a while to get – to be good. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what happens. You know, we all put our foot in our mouth from time to time. But I didn't put my foot in my mouth. I was being honest. I was being honest. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't pay to be honest, I guess, but that's what it was. No, it's all, it's, it's all good. Bruce Buffer's a great guy, great at what he does, and his brother Michael is fantastic as well. And to have that in the, in the family business, is, uh, is, it's a pretty good tip of the cap to both of those guys. So they're doing, they're doing their, their best. They're living their best life, and I'm not mad at that at all. Coming up on the show today as we kick off another week here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Of course, you woke up this morning with the morning tailgate. Clay Baker and Vinny Bonsignor held it down, and then JT the Brick just uh, blessed the air ways for the last couple hours so now we're going to rock and roll with you for the next three hours take you home the right way and this is how we get down coming up at 2 30 our normal monday guest ed graney from espn las vegas our sister station as well as las vegas review journal he'll join the show and talk about a variety of subjects i'll ask him about the colorado avalanche you know winning the stanley cup i think that's a big deal you know obviously here in las vegas it's a big hockey town with the vegas golden knights and they didn't even make the, the playoffs this year and so i know that they're definitely going to uh, want to correct that next season but i just you know kind of want to recap the season with Ed Graney. Obviously, we're going to talk some Raiders with them as well. Talk a little bit of LV Aces, by the way. They're on a two-game losing streak. What's up with that? But uh, they got a tough game tonight, and they have a major player that's going to be out tonight. So uh, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to Ed Graney. But, of course, we'll definitely deep dive into the silver and black with Ed Graney. That's coming up at 2.30. At 3 o'clock, we'll have cover three NFL news and notes of the day. I have a lot of audio that I want to get to throughout the course of the show today as well. Uh, Anywhere from uh, former Raider linebacker Ricky Brown, uh, defensive end Chandler Jones, who was on uh, The Herd with Joy Taylor on Friday, and then Derek Carr. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't make it into our studios, our Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I was actually on this media call. Uh, it's a really long conference call this morning uh, because Derek Carr is, is taking part in a golf tournament that's going to be going on. And so there was uh, him. It was Derek Carr. It was uh, Titans head coach Mike Vrabel and also uh, John Smoltz, the great John Smoltz, the pitcher. They were all on this talking about golf. And, of course, uh, once we get them on there, we're, we have an opportunity to talk to them about whatever we, we want to talk to them. So I threw a, a couple questions, obviously, about the upcoming season and, and training camp when they report on the 20th. And so got a pretty lengthy answer for one Derek Carr. So we have uh, a few sound bites that we're going to get to. Matter of fact, we'll get to a few of those in a little while. But we'll have a Number three, just talk about the NFL in general, Deshaun Watson and his situations that are going on. That's all coming up at 3 o'clock. Then at 3.30, Mick Akers from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He's going to join the show. And, uh, you know, every time we have a, a guest on and every conversation we have isn't always a great rosy, you know, puppy dogs and, and rainbows conversation. And this one's not. You know, this is not one of those. This is a, a story that's out right now on the RJ, Brianna Erickson, and Mick Akers put this piece together. Uh, and it's called How a Boys Club Raiders Culture Fuel Turnover, Lawsuits, and Harassment Claims. And so what I want to have Mick on for is I just want to kind of get to the bottom of this story because we've seen and heard multiple stories already. We know what's going on in D.C. right now with the Washington football team and Daniel Snyder, but I just want to know how much of this report that was put out uh, over the weekend or on Friday. I can't remember exactly what day they dropped it, but I, can't, I, I want to know how much of this is new. You know, and how much of this is like more people coming forward 
Uh, obviously, we know about a lot of the turnover that's gone on with the, the front office uh, starting as, as early as last year when uh, Mark Bedane, the then president, he stepped down, and there's just been a mass exodus. So I just kind of want to get to the nuts and bolts of this uh, from Mick Akers. Uh, this no way is a, is a hit piece or anything, so I, I definitely wouldn't uh, you know, do anything like that or try to bring any kind of a hit piece to the table. But I just want to get to the bottom of you know, what's going on with this, uh, this conversation. I know that they had reached out to owner Mark Davis to speak on it, and he said that he was definitely going to talk about it at some time. Matter of fact, he said his exact words, eventually I'll have something to say about all of this, but not right now. So that was from uh, Raiders owner Mark Davis. So we'll talk to Mick Akers at 3.30 about this piece that's out on the RJ. Uh, also ask him about the new logo that's floating around uh, that some fans like, some fans don't like. You know, it's the, the two-sword look. I know that it's at certain locations. You can already go and buy the merchandise, and there's some fans that love it and some fans that hate it. You know, and I, I understand I'm not, I'm not one that – hates it or loves it and just kind of like whatever with it. Uh, I understand why people don't like it just by looking at it. It kind of gives you that Tampa Bay Buccaneer feel. But the reason why it gives you that Tampa Bay Buccaneer feel is because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers looked at the Raiders logo and was like, hey, how can we do our best uh, imitation of that? You know, I've been saying that for the longest. Ever since the Buccaneers switched up their logo and switched up with the, uh, you know, the way that they presented their team and getting the pirate ship there and, uh, you know, at their stadium, I just – I always said that I felt like they looked at the Raiders logo and did everything they could to kind of mimic it uh, and then try to change it up a little bit. And I didn't think that the Raiders were too happy with that logo uh, when Tampa Bay rolled that one out. And so uh, whenever I see this new logo, these two swords that, that is now being merchandised, I kind of feel like, you know, I'm almost looking at the Tampa Bay logo. But at the same time, it all comes from the Raiders logo. So we'll talk to Mick about a variety of different things. Uh, Josh Jacobs, his team for the Battle for Vegas has been uh, – his, his, his teammates have been announced, and, and I don't know who's going to be on VGK's team yet, but uh, I do know that the, the Raiders side of things uh, has been uh, already determined, and so uh, Mick had put out a, a tweet about that earlier as well. So we'll get to a lot of things with Mick Akers coming up at 3.30. And then at 4 o'clock, I mentioned the LV Aces. They're on a two-game losing streak. Paloma Villacana will join the show to talk about that two-game losing streak and the fact that Chelsea Gray, their point guard, that's PG1 right there. Chelsea Gray having a hell of a season. She is not going to be with the team tonight. She's missing the team with personal reasons. So uh, I don't know exactly what that, you know, what that means, except for she's not playing tonight against L.A. And that's the game that they need to have. You know, I mean, they have been doing a really good job of, of going on a good win streaks. And then when they did take a loss, they didn't take two. And now they're on a two-game losing streak after losing on Saturday in overtime. Really good game. I, uh, I was doing a, a radio show, and I was watching the game at the same time. And there was times I caught myself where I, I was more focused in on the game than I was on the radio show. And then it went to overtime, and I was like, man, I want to go get something to eat real quick. You know, I just, just had a, a really good show. I'm ready to go and break out, but I didn't want to leave because the game was too good. And then in overtime, it just got away. And so, uh, yeah, then they, they ended up taking the L. And so they lost two in a row now, and uh, that's very unlike the LV Aces, who have multiple players and coach, by the way, going to the All-Star game. So uh, that's a nice tip of the cap, but right now I know Coach Becky Hammond doesn't care about no All-Star game. She cares about winning games, so we'll talk to Paloma coming up at 4 o'clock. So those are the guests that we have on the show today. Ed Graney from the Las Vegas Review-Journal on ESPN Las Vegas at 2.30. Mick Akers, also from the RJ, will join us at 3.30, and then Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports will join us at 4 o'clock. Now with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. 
So now jumping into the opening drive, it's so funny, man. There were so many different things that I wanted to talk about leading into today. Like all weekend long as I was putting stuff together for today's show, I thought, okay, this is how we're going to start the show. This is how the opening drive is going to start. And then I got onto the conference call with Derek Carr, and I got onto the conference call with Mike Vrabel, and I got onto the conference call with John Smoltz. And then all of a sudden it's just like what I was hearing from Derek Carr, it just made me think like, yeah, I really need to focus in on what he's got to – what he's saying. And I really – I really could appreciate what he was saying. It was really, I mean, there was some really good stuff there. And I feel like listening to it, and I'm going to let you hear some of the sound bites in just a few minutes, I feel like he is just kind of in a really good place. And now I, I realize it's June 27th. I realize that, you know, training camp doesn't open up for the veterans till the 20th of July, so it's some time. But, man, it just seems like he is really almost at peace with himself. And uh, the golf tournament is the American Century Golf Tournament that's going on in Lake Tahoe, and it's a, it's a charity event. Uh, it's been going on for quite a while. He played in it last year. I believe he came in 30th, and uh, he wants to do a lot better than that. But it's going to be July 8th through 10th in, uh, in Lake Tahoe. So there was a, a media call where a bunch of us were on it today. It was probably about 45 of us on it. And, of course, Damon, I was second to last. <laughs> I was, hey. the second, I was the second to last guy to go. And at first, because uh, it, it went longer than, than expected. Matter of fact, Titans head coach Mike Vrabel had to get off of it before it even was over. He was like, hey, I got another appointment. I got to go. It was only supposed to be about 30 minutes. So that's why I had estimated that, okay, I could do this and then ride into the radio station. But as it started going longer and longer and longer, I thought, oh, yeah. There's not a good chance that this is going to happen today. So I finally got on, you know, second to last. But I'm telling you, there were some really good takeaways I had uh, listening to what Derek Carr had to say. Of course, he's talking about golf, but, you know, if you word it correctly, you can ask him about the tournament, ask him about his golf game, but then at the same time either follow up as soon as he's done or do like I did, and I asked him basically two questions at the same time, just said, hey, I got this question for you and this question for you, and thanks. You know, and then that was that was it. But I, I think that that's the best way to kind of approach these kind of things. You know, I mean, because once you wait that long, man, you better you better fire away. Because if you don't if you don't fire away, man, you're going to get left behind, especially when you get close to the end. So I made sure that I got my couple questions in. So I got to ask, was it set up? Hey, Smoltz is going to talk, then Vrabel, then Carr, or was it just a round table and you guys just? Whoever's up next, you ask whoever you want to ask the question to. Yeah, it was whoever was up next, and some guys had a question for everybody. Some guys had a question for one guy. Uh, you know, some guys tried to hold conversations. And look, I'm sorry when you're on a Zoom call and you're doing these, uh, and it's a lot of media members on there, and you know that time is precious. There's no time for small talk. You know, it's like, hey, how are the kids? Great, cool. What have you done this summer? Cool. You know, it's like there was one guy going back and forth. I forget who it was with Mike Vrabel, and Vrabel was just like his every answer was like one word. He was just ready to get it over with. You know, like, okay, all right, all right, dude. You know, he was at – because Vrabel don't play golf. He's not a golfer, right? He said he's terrible at golf, but he goes out there because of a charity event and he likes to have fun. Well, so the guy said, okay, so what do you think your score is going to be? And he said, I don't know. You know, I'll try to improve from last year. Do you think you'll beat Charles Barkley? I don't know. We'll see. Are you going to make any side bets? (laughs) Well, maybe. You know, it's just like, all right, dude, you've asked four or five questions. None of them are worth the salt. None of us on this call care. Come on, man. Like, 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 move on to the next cat. And then, how long have we been doing Zoom calls for? How long have we been doing Zoom calls? Two years now. For some reason, there's still guys out there that don't know how to use the Zoom call. One guy got called, and there was a long pause. 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 I'm like, oh, my geez. Come on, dude. Just hit unmute and ask your question. So then he starts asking the question, and he hasn't unmuted himself. And so then 
Finally, some other guy, and this guy was smart. I don't know who it was, but he just jumped in and was like, well, I'll ask my question. So he just jumps in and asks, and then the guy goes into the chat. He's like, I couldn't unmute myself. I couldn't. No, dude, you just have to do it. Like, just, just make it happen. Like, we've been doing this for two years now. I get it in the first, you know, 30 days, 60 days. Maybe we have a confusion on how to do Zoom. Not two years into it, man. We should all be experts at this game by now, right? So that was one of my big frustrations, but we got through it. All right, Q, I got to ask you this. You know, okay. it's right up there at Lake Tahoe, basically right up the road. Do we need a correspondent to go up there and cover this event? Do you want to go? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I would love to go. <laughs> well, we'll see if we can work that out. <laughs> we'll see if we can work Vinny that out. won last year's event. I'm keeping yeah. up with this. Yeah, no, he did. And, and Derek is very adamant that he wants to make sure he beats his brother. You know, and then there's other there's other quarterbacks. Tony Romo's the odds on favorite. Matter of fact, Derek Carr is five hundred to one to win it. So his Ooh. odds aren't very good to win, but there you go. He, again, he was like thirtieth last year, so that's uh that's what it's all about. But I did want to get to a couple of the sound bites because I think it was some really good stuff and we'll ask uh Ed Graney about it as well. So let me go ahead and go to my notes and find which ones I actually wanted to play. There we go. Because <laughs> we got a bunch of them. So the first one I want to play is about the culture. And this was actually asked by Phil Perry. Phil Perry covers the Patriots uh, for the Boston, I think Boston Review or Boston, one of those papers out there, but he does a great job. He's actually been on the show before. Uh, he did, he's Like I said, he's one of the better uh, guys that covers the New England Patriots. But uh, this question was asked by him about the culture that Coach McDaniels is trying to create with the Raiders and what he's been able to learn from him already. Here it is. I've been very impressed with Josh. And, I mean, Coach Rabel knows him real well. And, um, you know, they were, they've been around that system and that, that way of doing things. And one thing Josh has done is he's come in and he says, this is not New England, this is Las Vegas. We're going to do things our way. I'm going to, I'm going to, I've learned a lot of great things there that we're going to implement, but I also have some things that I want to do my way. And uh, the way the team has just wrapped their arms around him and listened to his leadership. And for me, like the depth of the conversations that we're having is, uh, is encouraging. It's fun for me. Um, the, 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 best part of my game has always been the mental side. And that's exactly how Josh is. You know, he's, he's a genius when it comes to scheming things up and, you know, coming, you know, teaching his system and, you know, getting the best out of his players. I feel like a better football player, um, you know, and I've had a lot of great coaches and he's come in, he's seen those things. And, wow, that's awesome. What about this too? Let's add here. And he's just helping me grow. And uh, you know, it's been really fun to be around him. Um but I think culture-wise, he has brought in his own vision and his own way of doing things, and it's it's different than what he wanted to do in Denver. It's different than New England, and it's what we're going to do in Las Vegas. But he's a great guy, and I absolutely love him, Dave, our general manager. Um, him and Dave have just been great. I mean, they, I'm, te- I'm texting with him all the time, playing golf with Josh, you know, uh, you know, talking about ideas and things like that, and it's 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 been awesome. I really have enjoyed my time, and I'm looking forward to years to come, you know, learning from him. I'll tell you, and it could be me just, you know, looking too much into it or reading too much into it, but Derek Carr sounds very relaxed. Again, I realize it's June 27th. It's not the middle of training camp. It's not the middle of the regular season. But, Damon, you even pointed out when you, uh, you, know, you were loading up this sound, you're like, man, it's been a big change from Carr at the end of the season to Carr right now, man. I mean, even the way he talks to you is different. You know, it's just and, – and I don't really know – I don't even remember what game it was that he didn't like one of my questions. That's not sh- shocking. That happens sometimes. But, I mean – I got to give Carr all the credit in the world. He always stood up there and answered every question the best way he could. Uh, sometimes he got a little snarky with us, but that's all right. I mean, you know, that's 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 fine. He's up there taking the bullets and and uh, you know firing back, and that's okay. But it just sounds like he's a lot more relaxed and and calm and, and chill right now. 
Oh, of course, because like you said, after a loss and you've got to answer questions about how maybe this or that didn't go right, and then sometimes you do just look at a media member, you just happen to be the one. It's like, yeah, but that's you guys' job. To, 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 you're going to write or say whatever you want. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's what that's he said to me, right? Job. That's what he said. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you, you can say whatever you want to say. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, talking yeah. to him about a golf tournament, you know, every right. just about every celebrity athlete that wants to play golf is going to be there. Mm -hmm. He's got, He's going there to have a good time. Obviously, he's a competitor. They all are. Right. He's going to be hanging out with Tony Romo, Steph Curry, Charles Barkley. You know, it's just like, hey, Q, how you doing? Good to see you. Right. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a different atmosphere. Yeah, no, it really was. And, and, you know, it just – I thought it was cool when he said that he was golfing. And that's uh, – we actually had that soundbite on how Josh McDaniels golfs, and we don't need to play it right now. But, I mean, the, to know that he's hanging out with the head coach and golfing with the head coach, it kind of tells you about the relationship. You know, if there's two guys that need to have a good relationship, it's the head coach and the quarterback, right? So to know that those guys are out golfing with each other, we know Devontae Adams is out there golfing with Carr. We know Hunter Renfro is out there golfing with Carr. But to hear that the head coach, Josh McDaniels, who, by the way, Derek said is a pretty good golfer. He says he's not too bad. Uh, he hits the ball pretty far. Uh, you know, I thought that that was, that was cool to hear that. And it just feels like to me that Derek Carr is very confident about what he has moving forward. Now, Ron Fertrell from here in Las Vegas, he asked the next question to Derek about OTAs and just how he felt that the OTAs went in the mandatory minicamp as well. Yeah, I think it went I think it went great. Um, we still have a lot of work to do. We're both you know, on Max's side, on my side. We're all learning new systems. Um, you know, in the special teams kicking game, it's a new it's a new culture. It's a new way of doing things. So uh, we got a lot of way to go. I mean, we got a lot of talent. I've been on some really talented teams that didn't do much. Um, and so, you know, just the leadership part of it, just making sure that the work is being put in. Before this, I was up early throwing with, you know, Tay this morning, you know, and we're working on our craft and we're working on getting better and, you know, the timing and the chemistry and we're, uh, you know, because Coach Rabel's got some defenses that we're going to have to deal with, you know, and we got we got some stuff that we're going to have to, you know, prepare for as as much as I play golf, as much as I have fun, I spend a lot more time studying my playbook and, you know, uh, getting ready for the the real season for me uh, until really my football career is done. And so we got we got ways to go and our division's tough. It's going to be fun. Um, no one thinks anything of us. And I think that's what makes it fun is uh, you always have to put the ball down and play the football games. Nobody thinks anything of us, and I think that that's what makes it fun. I'll tell you, and you'll hear the next soundbite, the question that I asked him. You'll hear his response. He's got a little bit of that, that chip on his shoulder. He's got a little bit of that edge, and I think that's a good thing. I think that that's, that's great. You know, we talk about it here on the show a lot, how people aren't really giving the Raiders a whole lot of props nationally. I'm not talking about Raider Nation. I'm just talking about, like, nationally. Everyone thinks that, well, they got the fourth best quarterback. Well, they're going to be the fourth best team in the division, and they've noticed that. They're noticing it. They're hearing it. They're soaking it all in. I don't know how much they could use of it as motivation for the season, and I'd love to hear from you at 702-365-9200. The Salmon Ash text line as well at 69187, keyword R&R. &R. Do you think that they could use the, the lack of respect that they're getting? Let's just put it like that, lack of respect. Raider Nation's always talking about no respect this, no respect that, right? Can they use that lack of respect in their favors when it comes to preparing for the upcoming season, when it comes to going out and executing during the regular season. You know, Chandler Jones, he was on with Joy Taylor uh, on, on Fox on the Herd on Friday, and she asked him about the division and said all the obstacles that were in front of the team in the division. He said, yeah, it's going to be fun. You know, so it's like, it's like they're all – they're all soaking it in, realizing, like, yeah, you guys are talking about Russell Wilson, about Herbert and the Chargers. You're talking about Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't matter if they have Tyreek or not. They're still going to be a great team. And nobody 
is giving uh, the, the Raiders props. And so they're taking that, and they're, they're like, calculating that. They're putting it in their brain, and they're, they're storing it. And, I, again, I don't know how much they can use that and motivate them. I would think, though, going into the season, I think that they could use that. I really do. I think that that could be something that they can kind of motor through training camp with, motor through the preseason, and really kind of use it, especially at the beginning. Now, when you get down to a game like it was last year, week 18, when you have to win that one to get to the playoffs, you don't need no motivation. If trying to get to the playoffs ain't enough motivation, you know, you don't need bulletin board material stuff. But I think that what they're hearing right now, I think that that could do something for them. So uh, I'd love to hear from you, Raider Nation, on that and also just on Derek Carr and, and how you think that he's going to perform this season. He's gotten better every single year. The last few seasons he's had 4,000-plus yards, you know, and he had 4,800-something yards just a season ago. So, I mean, he can go out there and have a big-time season. He can go over 5,000 yards. I mean, that would be a monster season. Now, I think his touchdowns and interceptions need to be up from what they were uh, a year ago. 23 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. I think he'd like to be over 30 touchdowns and probably less than double-digit interceptions. But, I mean, he's had 4,000-plus yards the last four seasons. So my question that I asked Derek today uh, on this little media call that we had was about, one, about Adams and Hunter Renfro and the way that they, all three of those guys are out there golfing together and are they sharpening each other up? Is one better than the other one? And then every year Derek tells us about something he's working on to improve on. So I said, I know that you don't report until the 20th. I, I, I know this, but what is it? Have you figured out what it is that you're working on personally this year? And I'll tell you, he does not answer that question like he normally would. That, my friends, is the Josh McDaniels effect. That is what the Patriots and what Josh McDaniels has been able to bring over from the Patriots that they are really starting to do a lot of. They're not answering questions directly with, the answers that we're used to getting. So this is something that you have to get used to. I thought it was a really good, well-thought-out answer from Derek Carr, but it wasn't, hey, this is exactly what I'm working on, like he's given us in years past. Yeah, yeah, appreciate you, Q. Um, good to see you. Um, you know, I think, uh, like I said, you know, me and Tay spend a lot of time together. Hunter and I play a lot of golf. Um, it's really cool to hear, you know, John Smoltz talk about how the guys, that was our outlet, that was things that we did together. That's, you know, team unity, bonding, you know, so when the other guy's pitching, I mean, you're, you got his back no matter what, you know, that kind of stuff. And for us, it's like, you know, Hunter, myself, Devonte, all of us, we play golf, Foster, we are, we're out there and we're playing. And, you know, so when it, you build this chemistry, so when, you know, Tay goes off for 100 or Hunter goes off for 100, like they're the first one celebrating. You ever watch our games, Hunter scores, Darren Waller is the first one with his arms in the air. You create this unity, you create this bond. And it's something that golf has done for us, you know, and, you know, I'm literally, we threw this morning, we're working out together and then we're going to go play golf right after this. He's, he's literally texting me as we're sitting here, you know, and uh, it's been really cool to have a game that we both love. And, uh, you know, he pushes me, uh, I push him to be better. And uh, he says, it's good to, it's, he said, it's good to play golf with me because he doesn't say as many certain words as he, as he usually does. Uh, and so it, it's, it's been good, uh, but we enjoy ourselves, man. We have, we have such a fun time. Like, if anything, like, obviously, we're all competitive at this level. you got to be competitive to make it. And we all want to beat each other. But I think the coolest part for me is watching our team come together through through just a different game, just through a different discipline, you know, and, and things like that, creating chemistry and bonds. And so uh, that's been fun. And we are working on some stuff, but. Uh, one thing I've learned uh, with this staff is where we uh, we don't we're not saying much. And so, uh, you know, we are we are we are working on some stuff. And, you know, me, Q, I, I try and share as much as I can to help you guys out and uh, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, we're working on some things, but we got a lot of work to do to be able to compete in our division. You know, I'm, you get frustrated when you see 
know, other people's names on things and this and that. And you're like, well, we're here too. You know, uh, we, we feel like we got better too. And I thought, I thought we made the playoffs. And so hopefully it doesn't guarantee anything this year, but it does guarantee that we have some good guys. And so, uh, you know, we got a chip on our shoulder, like always. And as Raiders, I think that's how we should have it. And, uh, you know, we're excited to compete against, against the best. My buddy Khalil joined the Chargers. You know, then, uh, you know, the the Broncos got better. The Chiefs got better. And you're looking around, you're like, man, it's going to be a lot of fun playing these teams and against the best, some of the best quarterbacks in the game. And uh, it's what you look forward to. It's what you want to sign up for. It's like a calm edge that he has to him, right? It's nothing out of control. It's nothing like he's angry or anything. But, you know, just little shots here and there. You know, I thought we made the playoffs. I thought we got better. We're here. You know, I, I, I like it. I, I do. And, and, look, I could be totally reading too much into it, but I don't know, DeMond. I mean, when you're listening to what he has to say right there, uh, you picked up on where he said, yeah, we're not really going to speak on what we're working on, but we're working on some things. And, you know, I'm here for you, but, you know, we can only say so much. And I can appreciate the honesty. You know, I have no problem with that. But you can tell that they got a little bit of an edge to them because they're not getting the, like I said, respect that they would think that they would get as a playoff team just a year ago. You can, can you hear it as well, or is it just me? No, I can hear it as well. And one of the things that I do like, because you hear it so many times with athletes, oh, just show them. You don't have to talk. I do like that he's talking about it just a little bit. Hey, I thought we made the playoffs last year. That right. there is that edge of, you know, we know that we're being disrespected, and we're going to let people know that, hey, they disrespecting us, and it's not that it's fair or unwarranted, but I thought we got better too, he said. So <laughs> right. the Raiders, they're putting in all of this work, and they're noticing and they're hearing it. Uh, people don't think you're going to be that good, and it's just we're just going to have to go out and show them, and I like that approach. I do too. I really do. So Raider Nation, I want to hear from you. What do you think Derek Carr's season's going to look like? Realistically, what do you think his season's going to look like? I know Gangster Raider already got a bet in that he's going to be the MVP of the league, and that's all right. I ain't mad at that. You know, that's that's what he believes. But I do want to know what you think that uh, Derek Carr realistically will do this year. Uh, he had 4,804 yards a season to go, 23 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, 68.4 uh, percentage as far as completion percentage. So he did a good job, and he's continued to get better each and every year. But, you know, what do you think is realistic for the Raiders and Derek Carr. Hit us up, 702-365-9200. Of course, that's the Raider Nation listener line. Don't call us just yet. My guy, Ed Grady from ESPN Las Vegas and also the Las Vegas Review Journal, he's going to join us next. But you can hit us up on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R, and let us know what you think about Derek Carr, what you think about that little somewhat of an edge and a chip on the shoulder that it sounds like the silver and black are going to carry this year, or at least going into this year. 229 is the time, and this is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. It's Unnecessary Roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's YQ. Of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work. And the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Great. Lester Hayes bringing us in right there, talking about training your body, 
and training your brain. It is Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Damon Cotton, your boy Q. Joining us now on the phone lines is our guy, Ed Graney, from our sister station ESPN Las Vegas, also the Las Vegas Review Journal. And, Ed, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We always appreciate you. Before we dive into some Raider conversation, how about those Colorado Avalanche, man? They oh, they raise Lord Stanley's Cup. Uh, they, they knock off uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning with all that championship pedigree that they have. Uh, they did it in six. What did you think about that, Ed? The scary thing is how many of the Colorado Avalanche are under age 30. So, you know, it, it, you know, Tampa Bay got their three straight years. It's hard, you know, in sports, it's hard to do that. Will you have injuries? Will you become complacent? But if they stay focused, um, they could have that kind of run. They are so good right now. They were 16 and four throughout the playoffs. Um, expected goals at 58%, like way above what an average team would have in terms of uh, what they expect to do offensively. And, you know, Kale McCarr, um, won the con smite the norris and you know won a stanley cup is only 23 i think nathan mckinnon's young so look out i mean i know golden knights fans don't want to hear that because they're in the western conference also but <laughs> right this could be this could be a run now for a few years that you know it's the teams are older and these guys aren't very old so they 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 are they're they could be a juggernaut they're really good you know, Ed, what really impressed me was the fact that they lost game five at home, right? They had the opportunity to close things out at home. They headed back to Tampa Bay, and I thought, man, don't let Tampa Bay. They got that, that pedigree, man. They know how yeah. to get it done. And then they were able to go and just lock it down, similar to what the Warriors did in Boston, just go ahead and close things out. How impressed were you by that? Yeah, and a couple guys afterwards, Colorado said they were nervous to close out at home. They, You know, it was their first time they really were on the precipice of winning it, and they got nervous during their home crowd. Sometimes maybe it's easier just to go on the road. Yeah. You know, you only kind of have yourselves, and, you know, obviously your families are there in attendance, but, you know, the, the crowd is against you. I think sometimes that actually helps. Happen with the Warriors also. I think sometimes when you're at home, you feel a little extra juice, a little extra pressure to get it done in front of your fans. And that's what some of the Avalanche said. They said, you know what, we were nervous. We got nervous, but when we went on the road, you know, we just kind of take care of business. So I think it worked for them. I think it worked for the for the uh, Warriors. And uh, the two best teams, one in basketball and, and hockey. And I, I know it won in hockey because these guys were the best team all year. And, you know, Tampa Bay said that before they played them. They said, we're about to go play the best team. Um, and we'll see what we do. And to get it to six, I thought, was a good effort by Tampa Bay. You know, they they played so much hockey for three years. They never really had a summer break, those guys. Um and to do that for three years without much of a break and to come back and have to do it again and again is pretty pretty impressive. Yeah, no, it really is. So hats off to the Colorado Avalanche for uh, winning the Stanley Cup. Now, Ed, and again, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and also the Las Vegas Review Journal is our guest here on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Training camp is less than a month away. I was on a media call earlier today with Derek Carr, Mike Vrabel, and John Smoltz talking about a golf tournament that's going to be going on in early July. And Ed, he just sounds, Derek Carr, that is, just sounds so calm and confident and relaxed and chill and almost like he just knows what's going to happen. And they kind of have a, he has a little bit of edge to him as well because he said, well, you know, I thought we were a playoff team and, and uh, you know, no one's giving us credit about, you know, their, them being a, a good team. It's most like the Raiders are going to be the fourth best team. Uh, they got the fourth best quarterback, so on and so forth. How much do you think that Derek Carr and the, and the Raiders, at least early on in the season and even training camp, kind of can use that, not negativity, but that lack of respect that they're receiving right now is kind of fuel. I mean, I'd use all of it, right? I mean, I'd use everything. I'd, I'd put up what people say. I'd plaster it over. You need sometimes, especially currently during like kind of dog days of training camp, especially out there where it's 110 degrees, you need something to get you through. Um, you need something to keep pushing you. So if it's people's non-belief in you and that's what you need to motivate yourself, hey, use all of it. Um, you know, put up what people say. Talk about being the fourth best quarterback and the fourth best team in the AFC West and how you don't have a chance at the playoffs. I, I would use every bit of that juice because – 
you need things like that to get through training camp. Training camp's a long time, and they start earlier this year. They have the extra game because of the Hall of Fame game. So it's going to be a long training camp for those guys. So to me, I use every bit of that for motivation. It might be false motivation. Like I said, it, you know, it might be contrived or manipulated, but who cares? You need something to get you through days. And if that's what Derek Carr needs for him to get through days and play well, I, I'd use every bit of it. Well, with him not having any stress of the contract, I know we talked about this before, and he actually talked on it at the mandatory minicamp. No contract, you know, no, no real uh, off-the-field drama going on, really, as, as we know that pertains to Derek Carr. And it just, it just kind of feels like he can go out there and play. What are your expectations? Like, what are your realistic expectations for Carr this season? Well, it's his ninth season, yeah? Yep, yep. Um, I mean, my expectation is that they've given him the receiver he wants. He has a... Uh, he has one of the best tight ends in the world. He has an all-pro uh, receiver uh, in the slot. Um, you know, if he can get play from the offensive line, I think he's going to have a huge year. I think he could have a career year, um, you know, especially with Devontae Adams. It's, it's going to, you know, it's going to be how well does he fit in the offense? How, how quickly do they kind of, because, you know, it's OTAs and, you know, I mean, you have to play. Right. OTAs and mini camps are one thing. Even training camps are one thing. You have to get in games. You have to play. You have to see how that offense really works with McDaniels and, and how, how it's going to translate to everyone. But if it translates well to Carr and he picks things up fast, I think the guy could have a career year. Um, I, I mean, I, you know, a broken record, but if you protect him, right. I think he could be really, really good. Um, you know, you got to protect him. Uh, but he's nothing's going to surprise him. This late, you know, this, this much into his career, nothing's going to shock him. I don't think anything's going to worry him, um, and that comes with being experienced. Um, and I just, I just think the guy's in for a huge year. I do too. And he he threw for forty eight hundred yards last year, you know. And so he's improved every single year. The last like four years, he's been over four thousand yards. And and I don't even know if his numbers are going to be better, but I just feel like he may have he, he is in line to have a better season, even if it's not necessarily statistically. Oh yeah, and that's the thing. You don't. I mean. They they need to win games, you know. Right. I, and and you know we know him well enough, and everyone whoever listens to him, he wants to win games. He wants to go to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, you can have all the yards in the world if you don't go to the Super Bowl. It's like the Avalanche last night, guys who won it for the first time. You know, you could just tell, you could just tell what that meant to them. Guys who've been in the league in the NHL for fourteen years and never tasted that, and what what it meant to them and their tears and everything like that. And I think Carr's in that position also. It's a hard game. It's a hard game to stay in for nine years. Right. Um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a difficult, difficult life in terms of, you know, what that game is. You know, you get the benefits of it. You make a heck of a lot of money, and your, your family's set up, and you have all the good parts of it. But it's a hard game to be good at. So I think, you know, if you told them, hey, you're not going to get career numbers, and your numbers are going to be down, but you're going to spread the ball around, and it's going to be different in how you win, but you go in the playoffs and make a deep run, he would take that in a second. I don't think he would even ask you how many yards he threw for. Right. Right, and I don't think the yards even matter. You know, it's, it's all about, like you said, wins and losses at the end of the oh, day yeah. is what's most important. Again, we're talking with Ed Graney here on Raider Nation Radio 920. What about Josh McDaniels? From what I've been kind of taking in and listening, and, you know, we obviously didn't talk to him a whole lot at mandatory minicamp or OTAs, but we got a few minutes with him. He seems to me like a coach that is a very hard-nosed, as a matter of fact, almost the guy that I thought the Raiders were getting when they got John Gruden the second time. Like, you were going to get a guy that's very – you know, attention to detail, a disciplinarian. It feels like you're going to get that hard-nosed coach with Josh McDaniels, but at the same time, he's really sticking good at what he does. What are your thoughts? Well, much like the team and people like Carr and others, you know, Josh McDaniels has something to prove as well. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, whether he can see it or not, there might be a little chip on the shoulder for what happened his first time around as a head coach. So when you kind of have that chip on your shoulder, you're going to be really detailed, probably more disciplined than not, probably more demanding than not. And that's not always a bad thing. 
right. uh, maybe that's what they need. You know, I mean, if they've seen it the other way, maybe they really need a guy who's going to bring the hammer. I mean, and, and, if, and if they're coachable guys, they'll like that. They'll mm-hmm. embrace that. That doesn't work maybe for 10 or 11 straight years unless you're Belichick and you're just proven because you win Super Bowls. Like, okay, we can put up with some of this because we're going to win the Super Bowl, at least have a chance every year to win a Super Bowl. But this is just Josh McDaniel's first year with these guys. And I would hope that they'd want to be coached really hard. And with his experience of the rings he has in, you know, in, at his home and his office, that they would say, okay, he's been around guys. He knows what it takes. So I think Josh McDaniels, uh, like everyone else, thinks he has something to prove like that entire team does. And we go back to the motivation. That's good motivation to have. If you think you have something to prove and, you know, you're, you're one of those guys who, you know, went through it the first time and failed the first time, sometimes that's really good. I, the, he will not lack for focus and detail, I'll tell you that. Yeah, and one of the things about Josh McDaniels is that we all know that the offense, we expect it to be a top 10 offense in the NFL. And Josh McDaniels used to have that label, oh, he's a wonder kid. He's, he's an offensive whiz. But what are the expectations for this Raiders defense coming into this season? I remember seeing him in an interview for Sirius, and he was just excited. He started naming nothing but offensive players, and they called him out on the interview. You only named offensive players, and it's almost like that he's only focused on the offensive side because he's an offensive coach. But what are the expectations for Patrick Graham in this defense? I mean, I think their expectations are a lot better, and they need to be a lot better. I mean, Hugh knows that. I mean, they, they've got to be a lot better defensively. They've got to get pressure on the quarterback. They have to do, they have to do a much better job creating turnovers. Yeah. Um, they, they really have to create a lot more turnovers than they have. They've got to be more ball hawks. They've got to, and when they do, they are in a position to make a play. You've got to make a play. Look, they haven't been great defensively, but they all, I, I don't, uh, with that offense, I also don't think you need to be top 10 defensively, but you can't be 28. Um, you, you can't be that, you can't be like that um, in terms of your defensively. So if you're telling me, you know, they're 15 to 20 in that range, even like 20th, but the offense is as good as we think it is, I think that, you know, that might be good enough. They just can't, they've got to be a lot better than they have been, Devon. Um, and with, you know, some of the ads like Chandler Jones and others, I think they can be. You still got, again, talk about chip on the shoulder, John Abram. You've got guys there who have to prove themselves, and this is maybe their last chance to do so. So if they're real, you know, if, they're, if, if they accept that and they embrace that, you know, they should be better for it. But with Crosby and Jones and guys like that, I think they'll be better getting to the quarterback. They just have to create a lot more turnovers. Yeah, turnovers is the name of the game, and they just have not created enough. No, I mean, even interceptions, they, they only had six last year. You know, that's, yeah, that's not good. They've got to create more turnovers. And once you do that, then your defensive rating obviously goes up a lot. Right, exactly. And, Ed, we'll close it out with this. You mentioned that there's a, guy, a lot of guys that have things to prove. They have 40 guys right now out of the 90 guys on their roster. 40 guys are on one-year deals. If that doesn't make some competition in the room, I don't know what will. Oh, exactly. I mean, when, you, when you're on that last year, especially in this game, and it's a really hard game, like we just said, violent game, guys get hurt all the time. Um, there's something to play for. You're trying to play for another contract. Uh, it's going to be a competitive camp. This will be – since we started covering them, you know, since it was announced they were coming and we were up in Napa for training camp, to me this will be by far the most competitive camp we've seen for that reason that you just mentioned. Yeah, I think I, this camp is going to be ultra, ultra competitive at all spots. And, and McDaniels has said often to us the, one, the times we got you know, with him, it's all about competition. Like he didn't, you know, obviously Derek's the quarterback. There's obviously, you know, there's obviously guys in their spots. Right. But a lot of spots I think are open for competition, and that's just going to make them better and better. 
Right. I agree. And we'll talk about the camp battles. We'll talk about that a little bit closer to training camp as the veterans report on the 20th and the rookies report on the 18th. So, Ed, we're getting a little bit closer. <laughs> a, oh, little, yeah. a little a bit weeks. closer. <laughs> yeah, buddy. And then we'll be in Canton, Ohio, and then it's full throttle and, and make it go. So, uh, Ed, what, what do you guys got coming out on the RJ? Or you got coming out on the RJ and also the press box that we need to be on the lookout for? We'll go to the press box tomorrow. Uh, we'll have some Raiders news as well. well. We'll talk about the Raiders as well. We'll talk about the Golden Knights and what we just talked about with the Colorado Avalanche. That looks like the Golden Knights are going to re-up uh, Riley Smith. And, you know, they've got cap problems, so we'll try to go through all the numbers and tell people how they can get Riley Smith on the fold and, and still make the cap. There you go. Well, good stuff as always, Ed. We appreciate you, my man. Thanks, you guys. Appreciate you. Take all care. right, there he goes. Ed Graney from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, also our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. You can hear him with Tyler Bischoff every morning, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. again on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. 2.46 is the time. We'll come back, close out our number one. Got a lot of text to get to, some tweets to get to. We want to hear from you. Do you get a sense of calm from Derek Carr? What do you think are realistic expectations for Derek Carr this upcoming year? And can they use that disrespect that they, they feel like that they're getting? And even Raider Nation kind of senses that they're getting from uh, the national media not all the respect they should be getting can they use that for motivation as they head into training camp and of course the preseason and the beginning of the regular season let us know about it 702-365-9200 sam and ash text line is 69187 keyword r&r this is radio nation radio 920 there you're getting seven million dollars seven million dollars do you are you hopeful that you can get a a deserving pay raise before the start of the season uh, I, I am hopeful, yeah, um, but I also don't, you know, want to make an expectation of mm-hmm. people control over them, uh, and then you know have a resentment or something for them. In that, you know, I just try to focus on how I'm showing up for the team and know that. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Here, Darren Waller, right there. All things covered is the podcast he was on with Patrick Peterson. And uh, Brian McFadden, was it Brian McFadden? Yep, there you go. Thank you, DeMond, for putting that together, talking about his contract. Doesn't want it to be a distraction. Darren Waller's saying all the right things. I know we've had people call in and say, hey, he's either going to ask for a trade or the Raiders are going to make him play on the contract that he's currently on, which he does have two years, uh, no guaranteed money. I just, uh, my gut feeling just tells me something's going to get done. And the way that Darren Waller's going about it, the approach he's taking is the right way. We had the great Lee Steinberg on last week talking about how you go about uh, adjusting a contract when it has multiple years left on the deal. And he said, hey, you just keep your mouth shut. You do you do it quietly. You don't go out and start, uh, you know, making a scene and showing yourself off. And you don't do all that. You just – you be quiet. You handle your business. And you let the agents take care of it. And it gets done more times than not. So we'll see how it happens and we'll see if it happens. But my gut feeling tells me that it will. Now, we've had multiple questions that we've thrown out there. Uh, we were listening to some audio from Derek Carr earlier this morning on a media call uh, about a golf tournament that he has coming up. And, of course, asked a few questions about football and he just he just sounds really really relaxed so I just kind of want to throw it out there and and hear from you what you thought about Derek Carr what you think about uh the sounds that you heard earlier if you heard if you're not if not we'll definitely play it again later on in the show but he just seems like he's really in a good place and that he has an opportunity to go out there and have a big time year let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200 let's talk to our guy Raider Evan in Marietta Georgia welcome to the show what's on your mind Hey, Q, I uh, love your show. Uh, just a couple points. Um, one, last year I thought the Raiders were going to have a pretty good year based upon their player interviews and just how much character and, and unselfishness they showed, and I, I think it's even better this year. Uh, second point on Derek Carr. Love Derek. Uh, I think he's going to have a big year. Just hope he learns about to being a leader. 
Last year, Kansas City in the Kansas City game when we stomped on their logo, mm-hmm. I thought that was stupid. Yeah. And Carr said, hey, uh, um, I wanted to support my teammates. No, as a leader, you don't support your teammates. You prevent your leader, uh, teammates from doing something stupid. So I just hope he grows as a leader. And three, um, real excited, just kind of some symmetry that uh, it's really interesting. Uh, Belichick got fired from his first job, so did McDaniel. Belichick quit the Jets before even uh, coached a game. Uh, same thing with McDaniel quitting the Colts. <laughs> and now the third stop was the charm, Belichick. Uh, was is the man as a coach, and I think McDaniel is going to follow exactly in his footsteps again. Love to hear what you think about it. Love your show, and thanks, thanks hey, for the time. Keith. Great call, Raider Evan. Appreciate you. And yeah, you're right about that leadership role. And I think he did a lot of great things as far as leadership last season. But that Kansas City uh, step, stomping on the logo thing—that was an absolute mistake. I knew it was a mistake when they did it. I think all of us knew it was a mistake when they did it. You know, we all talked about it real quick, fast, and hurry. When I saw it, I remember I I tweeted out something. Like oh boy, here we go, or something, something to that extent, because I just didn't think that was going to end too well. And uh, yeah, after the first play of the game, it did not end very well with Josh Jacobs fumbling and then them taking it to the house. You just kind of knew then and there that, that's game. <laughs> that game's over. It's a wrap. That was that got out of out of control quick, fast, and hurry. And you're right, Evan. You do need to say, hey, hey guys, this is not it. This is not the way that we're going to get it done. Uh, you have to be able to stand up. And that was a unique Ngakwe thing. That was something he tried to do, and obviously it didn't work out very well. But thank you so much for the call. I do think that uh, I like how you put the, the third time's the charm for Belichick and also Josh McDaniels. I can't wait to see how it all shakes out. Got a text message on our Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R, from my guy FedEx Raider. What up, Q? Yo, man, I just think the fact that Carr doesn't have to hear the rumors of the offseason, if he's still going to be the Raiders quarterback, has to be refreshing for him. And also the fact that Josh McDaniels came out and said, nah, he's our quarterback of the future was huge for confidence, something Gruden never did. All right, peace. That's from FedEx Raider. Also, we got a text from Dustin in Texas. Q, I agree, there is a difference. Usually Carr sounds like the good soldier. Now he sounds like the adult in the room. Sounds truly confident. I like that. Good stuff right there. Keep those calls and texts coming, 702-365-9200. Let us know what you think about Derek Carr. We'll play his sound at the top of the hour again just in case you're just tuning in and you didn't get to hear it. It just sounds a little bit different. Sounds like he's more confident, but he has a little bit of a calm edge to him. You'll talk about that next. We'll take your calls and texts and get into cover three. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.